the ground now I'm way too gone, way too gone Cause these people got me fucked up Yeah, they got me way too wrong, way too wrong Now my mind's stronger me, don't you wait too long, wait too long Alright, legends, welcome back to yet another episode of Get Around Me It's me, Billy Darcy What an absolute treat Feel the hype, spread the hype As always, if you're feeling hype and you're... For some reason, I mean, I'm racking my brain as to how you could, but if you find yourself not spreading the hype, you better be having a look at yourself, because you are the problem. So spread that around, uh, but just to start off the uh, podcast, nothing to plug these days, except this thing that I'm going to plug. Um, got a few more stand-up clips on YouTube, so check those out. Uh, one of them's about, uh, one of them I, was a bit of crowd work, so that's... Pfft, that's, that's, you know what I mean? That's crazy. I just came up with it on the spot. So I think that puts me in the top 1% of comedians, no doubt. Uh, and the other one's a bit about uh, Mike's girlfriend was into Hillsong. But it's not really about her. It's about Hillsong. But, um, but yeah, so get around that. A few clips on the old on the old YouTube, a bit of the old stand-up comedy. And that's what we love to see. We celebrate the arts on this pod. I will say that. Uh, but episode 51... I'm back to knowing exactly which episode we're up to because, I mean, the 30s and 40s, who cares? Who gives a shit, mate? Oh, 37? Keep it to yourself. But we had 50 last week. That was a milestone. We all enjoyed it. Now we, now 51, beginning of a new era. Start again. Uh, for those of you on the visual medium, I'm wearing my t-shirt that says Billy on it. Billy with an exclamation mark. My mum got it for me as a joke. The joke's on her. I enjoy it. So that's not bad at all. I wore it out once and didn't regret it. Did not regret it. A lot of banter had. Because obviously, I'm sure you can imagine, but I'll, I'll paint a word picture. I will. You go up to a girl, you say, hi, my name's Billy. And then you just never address the shirt. And that's what we call comedy. And that's a good time. And my mom got this for me, like almost to be like, I don't want to say that she didn't want me to have a nice present, but there was a vibe of fuck you to this present. I don't know. It didn't feel like it was. It came from a genuine place. It didn't feel like she genuinely thought inside her heart that this was a good present. It was more of a ha-ha, let's all laugh at Billy type situation. But like I said, with this attitude, you'll, you'll, you'll be doing very well to have the last laugh against Billy Michael Darcy. That's my full name. Uh, so yeah, wearing my Billy shirt, what an absolute treat. Uh, but I had a pretty big weekend, a few yarns up the old sleeve, which we love to see. Uh, first off I went to a, oh no, actually had a gig Friday night hosted at this, uh, brewery in Glebe, Powerbomb Comedy. What a time it was. I'm trying to think of anything of note happened. It did not. It did not. But, uh, oh, actually no, the headliner went up in a lobster suit. Michael Hing of SBS fame went up in a lobster suit. So I'm not sure if that's where stand-up is heading. I'm not sure if that's where stand-up's already been. I'm not sure if that's what we should all be doing right now or I, I don't really know, to be honest. Uh, but he did it and uh, more power to him. He also, yeah, so a full-on lobster suit. He even had the head on and everything. And yeah, I don't know. I don't know what to make of it, but he had a good set. So I guess it worked. So fair play to him. But I will say this. Uh, yeah, so Saturday, I went on a Bucks party. Now, I don't go on a lot of Bucks parties because I'm, 
I'm 24 and uh, I'm, you know, I'm just a, I'm a young man. I'm a young man out here just doing his best. Not a lot of my friends are getting married. Um, but one of my mates, um, this bloke, Aiden, one of the all-time greats, this bloke, he's getting married because he's 32 and that's, that's the age, that's the age you go, it's, enough is enough. It's time to, it's time to shut it down. Okay. So we went on this Bucks party. First off is, uh, firstly, it was 9am, crack your first schooner. This was sort of the vibe of the day. Very aggressive. And I'd like to give myself a little pat on the back after winning Pelican the week last week. Pretty, pretty non-Pelican-like over the weekend. And this is the best thing yet. I chuck up a little sneaky Insta story at the start of the day. It was Peaky Blinders themed. And, uh, and then I was off my Instagram stories for the rest of the day, which is great for me. Good discipline, okay? We don't need that sort of press out there of me being a bloody weirdo after 10 of the best at 11 a.m. On a, on a freaking Saturday. No one wants to hear that, Darcy. Okay, pull your head in. So, yeah, so good discipline for me on the Instagram stories. Cracking a beer. I don't really know anyone there, but I'm mingling, you know, I'm mingling. And uh, anyway, we, we're playing golf. We're playing uh, par three golf. And golf is a fucking, it's a brutal sport because you can't just jump in and have a casual game of golf. When you, when you start playing golf, it's fucking embarrassing. It's so embarrassing. Half my shots didn't even get off the ground. First tee off of the day, like all the, like 25, 30 people at this Bucks party are all watching me. And I'm like, I've played maybe like four games of golf in my life. And I'm literally so nervous. I'm like, oh God, like this is the start of the Bucks. And I don't want to, I don't want to identify myself as a non-athlete in the first 15 minutes. Okay, because everyone else is hitting like pretty nice shots. I don't know what happens. I think once you get to 29, you can just naturally hit a golf ball. I think either I think I think it's either 29 or when you lose your hair, whichever comes first, you just naturally are able to pick up a club and chip onto the green with with quite a bit of ease. Unfortunately, I'm 24 with one of the great heads of hair, so I, I can't play golf to save myself. It was fucking nerve wracking. Out of nowhere though, I'm so nervous. Bang. Not on the green, but respectable. Okay? Not on the green, but respectable. So after this, I start to relax. You know, I'm thinking, fuck yeah, I'm on here. Maybe I've, you know, I started to check my hair. I go, is my hair falling out? I don't know where that shot came from. But then the funny thing was, once the pressure was off, I relaxed into the situation. I played worse than ever. Okay? I couldn't even get the ball off the ground for the last maybe like, we played 18 holes. The last six holes, I pretty much just brought the game into disrepute. Um, I was no good, but I uh, met a lot of legends. We had, we had a great day. Uh, you know, it's a it's a bucks party, so just a lot of carry on and that sort of thing. Um, and I actually got roped in to do a, a bit of the old stand up comedy, so I guess I gigged on Saturday as well. And uh, this happens a lot to me at events. Uh, so, you know, these days people people want me to get up and do a bit of stand up. I don't hate it. Uh, I often don't think it's the best idea for me to be addressing a room full of people after fifteen schooners. I'll be candid. I don't think it's in anyone's great interest, to be honest. Uh, but it's happened to me a few times. It's never gone too horrifically, really. Uh, but yeah, it's not it's not ideal. If if you're either inviting Billy Darcy, the stand-up comedian, or you're inviting Billy Darcy, you know, the human being who we all know and love, who loves to loves to laugh, loves to be in the moment. And this is one of the you know this uh, everyone actually really enjoyed my stand-up at this Bucks party. And I had a few good stories about the uh, the Bucks, so it was all all's well that ends well. But you know, I got roped into doing stand up at my work Christmas party last year, and like I roll in, I've had you know, drinking a bit, it's free drinks, 
And then people are tapping on the shoulder going, you got to do some stand-up. Like, it's not like... It's not like a freaking basketball player just like where the, the hoop... They just bring in a hoop and then you throw a basketball at it. I think Jim Jeffries used that analogy. Like, it's... There needs to be context and stuff for stand-up to work. Last year at my work Christmas party, they just put a stool... I said, like, they just pestered me so much. I said, I'll do it. Just give me a microphone. Like, we're in, like, a restaurant, you know? And they end up just... They go, there's no microphone, but can you just stand on that stool at the front of the thing? The stool's freaking four foot high. So now I'm standing on this tiny stool, 12 beers deep, trying not to fall over. And at this height, if I'm, I come down... I mean, we're calling someone. We're calling someone. If I hit my head from this height... And... Uh, to be honest, I don't think I'll go to my work Christmas party this year because of it. Because I know they'll they'll want me to do it again because it did actually somehow go well that time as well. But, you know, it's it's uncomfortable, I, I think. But it was fun at the Bucks party. And I was and because the Bucks are a good friend of mine, so I was happy to do that for him. And I think he enjoyed it as well. So that was that was not too bad. The problem was uh, we, we rolled into this pub after the Bucks party. And I don't think this is Pelican of the Week material. This is just, unfortunately, we went into this this sort of a club. Uh, it's like a l- club, but like live band. So this is after the Bucks party. Me and a few of the lads sort of kicked on. A lot of the, you know, 33-year-old blokes have gone home, thrown in the towel. Uh, so we kick on. I walk straight down the stairs at this club. Now it's dark. First thing I clock, this bloke who looks exactly like Australian test cricket legend Michael Slater. Australian commentator, test cricket legend, Michael Slater. This guy is a dead ringer. And like, I've clocked him as soon as I come down the stairs. And it's just, you know, it's just instincts. I go, hold, like, I spoke before I, before I sort of really, and it's dark. And so I, I go to this guy and he's with three absolute glamours, like 40 year old supermodels. He looks exactly like Michael Slater. So I clock him. I go, holy shit, mate. You look exactly like Michael Slater. And he goes, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I'm like, no, no, seriously, dude. Like, this is uncanny how much you look like Michael Slater. Like, holy shit. You must get this all the time. And he goes, yeah, I get it, mate. Very funny. How about you fuck off? And I go, whoa, 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 whoa. I was trying to give you a compliment, mate. Michael Slater's a good looking bloke. You know, I'm carrying on. And he goes, mate, just just fuck off and leave me alone. And I go, all right, fair enough, mate, fair enough. I guess you probably get it all the time. And then I turn around and I go, "Uh, I see what's happened here. I see. It was Michael Slater. It was Michael Slater. So I just went up to Michael Slater's face and pretty much screamed into his ear that he looks exactly like who he is. And then when he didn't immediately get on board, I said it another three times. And So that's that's just one of the great mix-ups. There's nothing I can do. I'm not expecting to see Michael Slater in this, this you know, this music venue in, in, in Sydney. I thought he, I didn't know he was sort of doing this sort of thing anymore. So then I go to my mate Samos and I go, oh, I go, Samos, mate, I've just, I've totally just embarrassed myself in front of Michael Slater. And Samos goes, you're kidding. It's Michael Slater. Samos runs over and goes, Slats, mate, great to see you. Let's get a selfie. Slats tells him to fuck off as well. Says he doesn't do photos on a night out. I don't blame him. I don't blame you, Slats. And I apologize that we were so, uh, I don't want to say impolite, but maybe uh, like just, it was a mix up. It was just a mix up. That happens sometimes. Sometimes you accidentally uh, disrespect an Australian test legend. I didn't mean to, Slats. I apologize. And do you know what? He looked like he was having a pretty good time. 
some of the hottest women I've ever seen he was with that night. Um, and then, yeah, yeah, so pretty much after that, I mean, that was pretty much the highlight of the night. And, uh, and it was a good time. But I had a big, uh, went out on Sunday as well, had a few beers. Because the weather was that good. At some point, you can just... if Sometimes the weather is so good, it feels like the sun is peer pressuring you. Do you ever feel like that? Like you think, oh, I'll probably just take it easy today. No beers for me. And then you look out and the sun is just turning it on. Oh, you think, fuck, it's a goddamn crime to not have a beer right now. So I had a few beers Sunday. Went out and had a great time. And uh, awesome. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Had a really fun weekend. Now, what I will say next, what else did I want to talk about? Got a lot of a lot of stuff coming up. Oh, yeah. Okay. Okay. So I will say this. Now, I want to talk about vaping right now because I know I've been critical of vaping in the past on this podcast, but now vaping has swept the comedy community. Everyone's vaping. Every gig I go to, every, every bar or pub, Everyone's vaping. So I've tried out the vaping. Am I a vapor now? I'm not. Okay. But I will say I get it. Okay. I get the vaping. Not the one where you're breathing like literally like a whole weather system out of your mouth every 10 seconds. That's too much. Okay. You're showing off. I don't care if it looks like a dragon. It's weird. All right. But the whole vaping thing and the jewels, I yep, I get it. I get it. It kind of gives you a little head spin. And, uh, and it feels cool and you feel included and you're like, this is smoking, but maybe I won't get cancer. You probably still will, but you know, and, uh, and yeah, so I totally understand the vaping. I do get it. And, uh, cause I've been hanging out with a few American girls recently as well. And they're all on these jewel things, these little jewels. A lot of comedians are smoking the jewels as well. I think these are like, these are like the vapes of the vapes. These are the coolest vapes you can get. And I do get it. It gives you a little head spin. You know, it's like, yeah, I get it. I totally get it. But I will say this. Now everybody, uh, apparently people are just dropping dead in America from vaping. That might be a bit dramatic. I skimmed an article. However, people like, uh, you know, there's, so apparently there's all these uh, negative health consequences of vaping now. And to that, and a a lot of uh, people I know who are vaping are like in denial about it. But I think... Let's just say this. Uh, Of course, there's negative health consequences for vaping. Let's wrap our heads around the fact that anything outside of oxygens, oxygen, oxygens, plural, it's not going to be too good for the old lungs, okay? There is no short end of the stick or way around this situation. For the lungs, it's got to be oxygen or no dice, okay? There's no, uh, you know, vapor, smoke, whatever, freaking, I don't... Insert names of elements here. Hydrogen, phosphate, that doesn't sound good at all. You know, but just because, you know, now the new carry-on. So now I'm on board with vapes, but the new carry-on is that vapes aren't bad for you when people are getting sick. And and obviously, it's not oxygen, so it's not going to be good for the lungs, okay? So just wrap your head around that. And and that's really what vaping is. It's It's people who want to smoke but want to feel like they're getting away with it, even though they know they're not. And to be honest, I'm on board. I'm on board with vaping a lot more than cigarettes. Seems to be a lot cheaper for the people involved. But the funniest thing now is people are like addicted to nicotine that were never addicted to smoking. I think that is like fucking hilarious. Like getting addicted to nicotine for no reason 
is just, it's like you're walking down the street and you go, how could I make my life a lot harder and more expensive? But also, I want to completely go out of my way to make that happen. So I want to maybe cross four streets, swim through a river, and at the end, get an expensive habit that is going to affect my health for no reason. Because cigarettes, they used to, they snuck up on people, you know? You, all of a sudden, you have one when you, you're drunk. You're always smoking when you're drunk. All of a sudden, Tuesday, you're a bit stressed. You have a cigarette. Bang, you're a pack-a-day guy. But the, these vapors, I mean, we all did PDH in year 10. We all did personal health. You know, we all know the risks of cigarettes. And so now you've skipped cigarettes, okay? You're out of the woods, you think. You're out of the woods. All of a sudden, you're sucking on this metal thing. Like, it's going out of fashion. Const- you're buying more vape accessories from America, the jewel pods. So it just seems like all these people who just want to struggle and uh, they don't like money. And, uh, and you know... <laughs> To be honest, I get it. I get the little head spin and the and the in- inclusivity. Inclusivity could be worth it. I don't know. I don't know because when I was hitting the vape and I was part of the group, I was like, I get it. I feel like we could totally start a group chat and make this happen. But I think honestly, it's probably the dumbest thing in the world just to get to, addicted to nicotine for the sake of it. Just <laughs> people just can't sit still these days, you know. Like my roommate will play music as he's walking around the house just in case he has to fucking be alone with his thoughts for two seconds. I do it sometimes too, you know? Just chuck music on while you're doing something, just so you don't have to think, you know? It's like we just want to bombard ourselves with stimulus these days. It's just like, non-stop, like, dear God, whatever you do, don't leave me alone with my thoughts. It's fucking crazy in here, man. <laughs> That's why it's like non-stop podcasts. You know, you got to be hitting a vape, drink, drinking wine or something. Wine's my thing at the moment. I'm just like, because I just got into red wine. I'm always just like, just, you know, half a glass of wine in the afternoon after work. Take the edge off, take the edge off. I'm always taking this non-existent edge off. That's, I guess that's what vaping is as well. Then your phone, like, sometimes my brain's so scattered, I'll run through like seven different podcasts in like 10 minutes. Like, I'll just be like, two minutes in, nah. Two minutes in, nah. Two minutes in, nah. We're all losing our minds. I think, is, am I projecting here? Is that what this is? Am I just projecting? Maybe that's the case, but I think we, we are just bombarding ourselves with stimulus and vaping is pretty much just the Facebook of cigarettes. Put that on a fucking bumper sticker, eh? Vaping is the Facebook of cigarettes. Dude, I'm not mad at that at all. Is that profound? That might be profound. Okay, I'm not saying it's not profound. I'm just saying you make up your own mind, but I don't hate that one bit. Yeah, I don't, I'm not mad at that at all, actually. But also this... I think technology is taking a bit of the spontaneity out of life. So how's this? I uh, I bought tickets to this concert in... It's in November 12th, I think. It's on November 12th. It's this girl, Greta Stanley. Just She's like off Triple J on Earth. Very cool artist. Um, just found out about her. Loving her music. And she's coming to the to Sydney, November 12th. I click on it. I don't know anyone, none of my friends like this artist. So I'm like, oh, we'll see how much it is. It was like 12 bucks. Okay. That's even less than I charge for my shows. I mean, that's wild. Okay. In Adelaide, I charge $15. And one show, half the people who bought tickets just didn't come. And I totally understand it now. Because when I bought, 
I bought two $12 tickets to this girl's show. And I thought, oh, I wonder who I'll get to come with me. What if something else comes up? It's like three months away. And then I thought, oh, I can always just not go. If that's a $35 ticket, I'm, I'm locked in. That's way too much value to throw out the window. But it's a $12 ticket. I mean, if there's a stiff breeze that day, I might not turn up. You know what I mean? And it's $24 I've already spent. It's gone. You know, if you buy something long enough in advance, when it eventually comes up, it feels like it's free. And I always get done by marketing campaigns for like concerts and stuff. Like when they're like, when they're like tickets are selling fast, I'm like, holy shit, the tickets are selling fast. I've got to get it right now. I'm like, drop everything, drop everything. These tickets are flying out the fucking window. If I don't log on right now, I'm going to miss out. And I literally get done all that stuff. Like first relief, first release, third release, all this sort of stuff. I don't know what any of it means, but I just panic. I just panic. Like I bought tickets to this festival in November in the Hunter Valley just because this was, I literally bought these tickets maybe three months ago. So like seven months ahead of the festival because they said first release is almost um, sold out. Okay. I immediately logged on, absolutely berated my mate Mac. I go, we got to get these tickets. We'll fucking regret it if we don't. We'll regret it if we don't. And he goes, all right, I go transfer me the money right now. I'll, I'll put the money down. I've got to get them. Anyway, three months later, the tickets are still aren't, they still aren't sold out. It's got absolutely done. But, you know, better to buy them now. Buy, buy them early. But I pretty much feel like I've got a free festival in November because it was like 120 bucks that I spent in like freaking 2018 or some shit, you know? Whose money was that even? I don't know. Once you move out, it feels like money isn't even, like your money isn't even yours. Now I get paid and it's just like, Rent, bills, food, you know, petrol. Got to pay for freaking, um, like, you know, f- festival rego for next year and stuff. Got to pay, got to pay bills. And you just like, you have money and then it's gone. And it's like, it was never really yours. Because before you receive the money, you still had all those bills and rented stuff just waiting for you going, oh, mate, I can't wait. It's like lining you up. All these bills and stuff are just lining you up going, oh, brother, I cannot wait to absolutely financially molest you come payday. And you think, oh, I've got all this money, but then I spent it. You never had it. You never had it because those bills existed the whole time. But so I paid um, I paid $12, $12 for two tickets. That's what I don't like is I go, I don't know who I'm going to take to this concert. Maybe I'll take a friend. Maybe I'll take a date. Um, I go, let, I go, I'm throwing it to the universe. I'm throwing it to the universe. Maybe, maybe I meet a great, the concert's November 12th. Maybe I fall in love November 11th. Is that, oh, that's Remembrance Day. Is that a bad day to fall in love? I don't know. Look, love comes when it comes, okay? If you fall in love on Remembrance Day, that's just how it rolls, okay? I think as long as you're not making out around 11 a.m., you know, show, show that decorum. But, you know, we can't, we don't know when love's going to strike. I think that's what I'm trying to say here. But I thought, let me leave this up to the universe. You know, maybe I've got a friend who loves this artist I don't even know about yet. Maybe I'm going to meet a great girl. Maybe I'll go by myself. Do people do that? Do people go to concerts by themselves? It's a pretty intimate concert, so I feel like it wouldn't be like, you know, I feel like if you're seeing Eminem by yourself, it's like, you know, you, you're a real fucking loser if you can't find a friend who likes Eminem. <laughs> the most popular artist in the world, you're like, man, I, I, 
I couldn't find anyone to go with. <laughs> oh, dude, you're a you're a real loser if you, if that's the case. But if some niche little you know artist no one really knows about, is that weird to go by yourself? I don't know. I don't have all the answers. But then, so I thought I'm going to leave this up to the universe, and what we're going to do is I'm just going to buy the two tickets, and we'll 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 find out what happens. But it won't let you buy them unless you put the the person's name on the ticket. And then it costs money to to change the name. And and it's like, it's a $12 ticket. Who gives a shit whose name's on it? Okay, I've turned up. This is not a hot ticket in town. I'm here to support the cause. Stop absolutely burying me in admin right now, okay? I don't know who I'm bringing. Is that what you want to hear at the box office? That I don't know who I'm going to bring? And you know what? If I rock up to this concert with two tickets and my name's not on either of them, dude, I don't give a shit. If if I killed the bloke whose tickets these were, that's my business. Okay? If I just gunned him down in an alleyway, guess what? I killed him half an hour ago. What am I doing now? I'm here to fucking enjoy some tunes, mate. It's none of your business whose name's on the ticket. Okay? Maybe I'm a communist. I'm keeping a low profile. What? Communists can't enjoy indie rock in 2019? You're out of your fucking mind, mate, okay? It's my ticket, it's my business. It's taking the spontaneity out of life. That's what it's doing. You know, take me, you know. Imagine when everything was just on paper. People must have got away with absolute murder back then. Follow the paper trail. Has anyone ever actually successfully followed a paper trail? Dude, you're following the paper trail. The guys at the other end of this thing just shredding documents. What are you going to do about it? Exactly. And that's how I think Leonardo DiCaprio got caught in that movie. Catch me if you can. That's what it was called. He literally was just like, he pretended to be a pilot or something. And it's the 80s. People were like, fuck, I don't know. Is this guy a pilot? He just wrote up a car that said pilot. <laughs> and they're just like, well, plane's this way, brother. I mean, it's laminated. It's fucking laminated. It's the digital era, man. Hard to get away with stuff these days. Very hard to get away with stuff. Let me fix the camera real quick. Oop. Um, is that recording? Come on. Exceeded. It was split into two files. Okay. Oh, there we go. Whoops. Um, technical difficulties here, folks. Technical, we're back. Okay, thanking you. Is that recording? Dear God. All right. I tell you what. I, I, while we're on the uh, on the subject of digital media, dude, a thousand bucks doesn't get you very far anymore. I got a new laptop because uh, my old one literally I would launch like the program to fucking edit videos, Premiere Pro, and the laptop would like spontaneously combust. It would like contact Russia. You know what I mean? Like I'd open Premiere Pro and this thing would just start sending codes to Russia. It was panicking that hard. It was colluding with the Russians. It would rather do that than, than try and edit the video with the software it had. But, so I go, I go I, let me get a new uh, laptop with the Intel Core i7. Now for those of you that aren't fucking nerds, and I wouldn't imagine there's too many of them that listen to this podcast. Now that's a fantastic Intel Core. Now, they are up to nine now, but seven is still very respectable. I think nine's kind of new on the block, you know? And for a thousand bucks, man, this thing is like fucking barely serviceable, to be honest. 
Like it, uh, yeah, it's, I mean, it could be a lot better. Dude, a thousand bucks in 2002, that bought you like a 40% share in Microsoft. I swear to God. Don't quote me on that. But yeah, so anyway, yeah, this, and this is what I'm talking about with, uh, you don't even own money that's yours anymore. I got to get a, buy a laptop to edit videos <laughs> and I fucking hate editing videos. What a world to live in. But when this podcast blows up and I'm selling the tickets, that $1,000 investment will be a drop in the ocean, my friends. And I've locked in uh, a lot of shows in Perth for the Perth Fringe in February. A lot of shows. Taking a big swing at Perth. So I'll see you there. Got a brand new show next year. Quick little plug. All new hour. Hey, it's going to be good. A lot better than last year's show, I think. I'm better. My hair's probably better. It's going to be good. Now, I want to weigh in on a couple of things. A couple of things. Oh, yeah, I want to coin a new term very briefly. So we've coined some great terms. We've coined uh, we've coined thanking you. Uh, what else have we coined? Well, I coined background lad originally. That was a, that was, that was a coin from me. Um, I can't think of... There was another one we coined early on. This new one I'm coining, if someone goes, uh, someone says, oh, Billy, you did this, uh, Billy, you did that, you know, Billy, you, you, you left all the lights on the house on again. It wouldn't be that big of a deal, but you left the front door open as well, you know? Oh, Billy, you haven't filed your tax in three years, you know? What you say? You just go, catch me caring, bruh. Catch me caring. I'm all about that. Very arrogant. Probably the most arrogant term we've coined. Catch me caring. You know, good luck. If you good luck, do your best to catch me caring. You know, catch me caring, bruh, and say bruh as well because bruh is disrespectful. And and make sure you're using bruh in a semi-ironic, disrespectful tone. Okay, if you if you if you're using bruh and you're just being 100% genuine, I can't help you. Okay, if you're using bruh and you're being genuine, I mean, go back to TAFE and finish off whatever diploma you're halfway through. Because people who say bruh genuinely are quitters. All right? So, yeah, well, you, you say bruh, it's just like, catch me caring. Bruh. And you can hold it. You can power it up a bit, you know? Bruh. So that's that's disrespectful. Catch me caring, bruh. And just like make a face and just like maybe spit on their feet a little bit. Just catch me caring, bruh. And it's like, as you finish bruh, you're also spitting. It's kind of like a double whammy. Catch me caring, bruh. Dude, I fucking love that. But anyway, I want to talk briefly. Let me segue. Fifth Ashes test. I'll put that at the end probably, actually. Let me talk brief. I thought this was funny. Uh, oh, yeah. I want to talk briefly about this guy from SNL who got fired. Now, as we know, I stay away from the issues. But I guess this could potentially one day affect me. I mean, not really. I'm not, I'm not freaking dropping racial slurs on this pod. And uh, let me tell you, this pod's famously unedited, but if I drop the N-bomb one day, <laughs> you better believe I'm editing that shit, okay? Jesus Christ, sort it out. Um, but the, yeah, so this guy, uh, he got hired for SNL, if you don't know. Then he was immediately fired because he said a, a racial slur against Asians on a, uh, on a podcast. And uh, people say, oh, you know, they, what are they going to comb everyone's whole life? It was like... December 2018, he said this, which is unfortunate. Um, but I don't know. Do I even do I even have any original opinions? I think I would actually just be just be parroting back what I've been reading on Twitter. I don't think I want to talk about this. 
Do you know what? Okay, this is a real window into the fucking world right here. I only wanted to talk about this because it's what everyone's been talking about on the podcast I listen to. And I realized if I was to talk, I'd just be parroting back shit I've been hearing. And this, this podcast would just become like a secondhand podcast. You could just go listen to freaking Chris D'Elia and get a firsthand from him. I actually have no thoughts on this. I don't think I have an original thought on this. Jesus Christ, that's... Oh, that's no... Well, well we're in that one together, you know, unedited. But, uh... Yeah, okay. I actually don't have any original thoughts on that. On him getting fired. I don't know if he should have been fired or not, to be honest. Feels pretty... I don't know, okay? Go go get your uh, your opinions from that on people who know more about it, I think. But I will say this. Regardless of whether he should have been fired or not, I'm very suspicious of people who are like around something but don't actually do it. So like the people who are really championing this are all like these like comedy bloggers and like comedy critics. And it's like, if you like something so much, like all you want to do is like blog about comedy. It's like your favorite thing in the whole world. Why don't you just fucking do it? You know, like movie critics, like they're always whining about something. Like if you, I'm, I don't think people who've never done something should be, should be the first, like the port of call to, to critique people who actually do it. You know, you should have to have like m- minimum, like 20 years as a Hollywood director to be a film critic instead of just some guy. <laughs> all right. All right. Let's all, let's all talk about Adam Sandler's new movie. Adam Sandler, like one, one of the biggest comedy stars of the modern era, like an absolute bajillionaire, but hang on because some guy has some thoughts on it. Who gives a shit, you know? I don't know why we still have critics at all. Like, it's like everyone in this world is walking around going like, oh, I'm just a human, you know, who cares what I think? And then there's like this one group, critics, who are like, oh, actually, you should all care what I think. What I, what I have to say is more important than any of you. And for some reason, a lot of people go, oh, okay. All right, well, I better listen to that then. Who gives a flying fuck? Critics and reviews and that, like, it's most of the time just absolute trash. Like, and it goes both ways. Like, I got a four-star review in Perth for my show, and I was like, fuck, four stars, how good's that? My show must be phenomenal. But then I went on their website, and everyone got a four-star review. So what's the fucking point? I guess they're just promoting the shows. Good on them. But, like, my, a lot, and a lot of critics, like, or reviewers at Australian comedy festivals would just be, like, uni students who want some experience. So you're reading, the comedian might have been doing comedy for 20 years, and you're reading what you should think about his show according to some guy who's my age doing a fucking master's of journalism. And you're at home going, huh, okay, so this is what I should think. That's wild. I think, yeah, critics hit the fucking road, okay? But yeah, so, but, uh, yeah, so I don't, I don't know. If you want to learn more about the, if the guy should have been fired or not, I, I don't know. I don't know. What he said was pretty horrific and it wasn't a joke. But then, I don't know, like, it seems like everyone's getting, a lot of people are copping the, getting fired these days. I don't know. Go listen, go listen to, uh, maybe someone who's been on SNL or something like that. I don't know. I don't have any real, nothing of value to add on that. But at least I think that's better than me going on for seven minutes pretending I do. So I wish I could edit that out, but it's famously unedited. So what are you going to do about it? What are you going to do about it? But I got something else to say. 
and it is this. Okay. Firstly, I've got a new sponsor me segment. I want a new sponsor for the podcast. And uh, first off, we need some sponsors around this. Let's get some corporate interest in this pod. Let's get some corporate interest in this career of mine. Uh, now, companies I've approached before, we've had Barocca. We've had, I think we had Tiger Air. This one, Cooper's Brewing. Okay, Cooper's Brewing, firstly, sponsor me, Cooper's, because number one, I, l- I love the beer, okay? So, there's it's it, you sponsoring me, me being an ambassador, and that's what I'd be, an, an ambassador, it'd come from a genuine place. And, you know, when it comes to marketing, honesty is key. You know, once some guy, you know, you hear a lot of guys on podcasts, like, try out this freaking you know, this, this specific type of belt. They don't care about that belt, but I love Coopers, okay? Now, here's an example of some of the stuff I could do for your company. Uh, firstly, three of my friends, my close friends, used to not like Coopers until I got them onto it, okay? So that was about probably two years ago I got them onto Coopers. I don't know, do, a, do the maths, don't do the maths on how much money I've brought in just in that instance alone. But that's an example of, of me turning people to this great company, okay? I did it with them, and they famously, they don't like my recommendations ever since I said uh, I said the new Star Wars was good, and turns out one of them was all, He'll, it'll never replace the real Luke Skywalker, and I was like, he started freaking out. And he hasn't trusted me since that, but he still got on board with Coopers. So that's an example of what I'm capable of on a micro level, but you can just imagine that out there, Okay. Um, also Cooper's, they, uh, they drink it on my favorite show, McLeod's Daughters. Okay. So I love, I love McLeod's Daughters and, uh, I love Cooper's and I love, I love seeing the McLeod's Daughters sipping a nice cold Cooper's on my favorite show. So, uh, that's maybe neither here nor there, but that's just a great show. And, uh, it's an Australian brand as well. I'm, you know, you think you're drinking all these Australian brands, but most of them are run by this huge company in South Africa. Okay, so I don't know what's going on in South Africa. I thought that was, from what I heard, a pretty poor country, but apparently they got one foot on the throat of the international beer industry, you know? And, uh, you know, you want to be putting your Aussie dollars back into Aussie brands, I think. You know, you don't want to be sending all this money overseas to be converted into freaking, you know, you buy a case for 45 bucks, that's that's 3 million rand or whatever the staffers use, okay? So keeping it local. I love supporting local companies. Um, I will say this. Coopers is versatile because it's a sort of beer you can drink. You can drink at a pub, but you can also drink after a, a big day of mustering cattle, you know? And, you know, city city blokes, country blokes, you know, non-binaries, whatever, man. Everyone can enjoy a Coopers. And I think it's the sort of beer that brings people together. Because you go to a lot of functions, you know, they'll have they'll have VB and Peroni. Now, those two, those two people, they're not going to get along. You got one bloke, some white-collar criminal, probably, you know, steps on local businesses as a as a freaking part part time, you know, as a pastime. Another guy, you got the blue collar bloke drinking a VB, they're gonna hate each other. But you put just Coopers on tap in that event, you're gonna bring those people together, okay? Because it's a nice beer, but it's also drinkable. Very clean the label. You know, my I mean, I don't have to tell you about sort of how savvy I am with design. Look at the get around me sign. Beautiful. So I also like the myth with Coopers uh, that it doesn't give you a hangover because there's no preservatives in it. And it is a myth because I've had 12 in one night and you wake up feeling like trash. Okay, but I'm not holding it against you. 
But I, I like, I'm willing to continue to spread that myth on your behalf, okay? This whole thing of you roll the sediment and, you know, it's all natural, so no headaches. Look, let's, let's be honest, that's absolute bullshit, but I think most people know it, they just want to believe it, okay? But I'm willing to keep spreading that lie on your behalf, Coopers. So, uh, get around me. Also, I think a lot of my fans are 19-year-old blokes who don't really know which beer they like yet. I could slot in as that middleman, shove some Coopers in their face, okay? All of a sudden, you got the whole next generation not worrying about... They can't afford craft beer, and they don't really love VB. Enter Coopers, okay? I'll leave that with you, Coopers, but I think it's pretty obvious you guys should send me a, a pallet and $10,000. Email me, I'll email you, but... Cooper's Beer, you should sponsor me. I don't know if I had any other points on that. But, uh... Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah, Cooper's Beer, sponsor me. Um, I think I made some pretty compelling points there. Okay? Anyway, last thing I want to talk about is the Ashes. Uh, the fifth Ashes test. Look, we all, in, we all enjoyed the Ashes. All right, the fifth test. Now, we didn't win... We drew the series. Does that still count? Absolutely. Poms, shut up. There's nothing you can do about it, okay? There's nothing you can do. We've retained the Ashes. There's a reason the lads all got so pissed after the fourth test, because the series was over, okay? Two all, mate, two all as much as you want, okay? Because that little urn's coming back on the plane. And you know what? We might take the Queen with us. I have a theory that the Queen should live in whatever country of whoever's got the Ashes at the time. How could that be? Timmy, Timmy Payne coming off the plane. Big Qantas plane as well. Queen over one shoulder, urn in the other hand. Just going, fuck yeah, we did it. And you'd, you'd hear all the palms. Oh, it was too all, it was too all. Well, we've got the queen. So what the fuck are you going to do about it? But look, I was wrong. I said a lot of cowards were going to get runs in the dead rubber and retain their place. Dave Warner actually played even worse than he's been playing. Now, that guy is an absolute grub. Uh, I want to touch on this because... Something actually quite sad happened in this fifth test where Mitch Marsh got some wickets and he's he, he counts as a, as a coward just trying to retain his spots in, in my books. So he gets a few wickets, books himself a home summer he probably doesn't deserve, okay? And I was the first on the bandwagon. Well, fuck Mitch Marsh, all this. And then in the, in the press conference after the game, he was like, oh yeah, all of Australia hates me. It was actually quite sad. I felt sorry for the poor bloke. And, and I want to talk about this because Mitch Marsh does a lot of the funny behind-the-scenes videos for Cricket Australia. There's no doubting that he's one of the best blokes, if not the best, in the team. And there's no doubting that Matthew Wade is one of the worst blokes to ever walk across the Southern Hemisphere, okay? But people are tolerating Matthew Wade right now because he, he's been getting runs, okay? Dude, Matthew Wade, if you don't think that guy's a proper scumbag, you're out to lunch, okay? He's Tasmanian and... What more do we have to say there? And then he was brought up playing cricket in Victoria, where they are some of the biggest scumbags to ever play the game. But also, he has a star tattooed over his elbow, okay? Now, I'm not sure if he thinks he's a star. I'm not sure if he lost a bet. I'm not sure uh, if it's part of a bigger galaxy that he's going to get filled in eventually. Maybe it's the star of, of, of David. I don't know what his religious background is. I just know that he's a grub, Okay. But we're putting up with it because he's getting runs. And Mitch Marsh, we want to like you, brother. We want to like you a lot. You seem cool. Your haircut, it's not good, but we've never brought it up. Okay? We've never brought it up. The problem is, you never do anything really ever. And I know you got five wickets in that first innings, but not, 
you shouldn't have played because we don't need another bowler. This is how stupid the selectors are. They play a six bowler um, squad. They're rotating the fast bowlers the whole series. So everyone's fresh. Everyone's good to go. And they still think they can justify a fourth seamer. We don't need it. That's the whole point of having five seamers rotating is that we don't need a number six who can bowl because now all our bowlers are fresh. It's like, JL, just admit you're corrupt and you want to pick one of the Marsh brothers, okay? And you're Mitch Marsh, it's it's a number six batting position, okay? If you can bowl a bit, good. I don't know how you got those five poles, but you got them. They're yours now. I'm not taking that away. But you still batted like an absolute pelican. You don't look good out there. And uh, look, you're a great bloke. I want to like you. No one wants to like you more than me. But it's just tough when you're so bad at batting and you've never really been good. You've never even got runs for West Australia. So, but look, am I talking shit about Matthew Wade right now? His character? Yeah. Big time. <laughs> but he's on field. Dude, once he crosses that line, my hands are up. Go get him, Matty. Okay? Because he's getting runs. So, Mitch March, I did feel sorry for him when he said the whole of Australia hates him because he's right. He's right. I don't, you know, it made me hate him less when he said that, but... Just do better with the bat in hand, mate. I want to get around you so badly. But yeah, the poor guy. So I don't know. I don't know what goes on in this world. But uh, I want to see more James Pattinson this summer because that guy's a psycho. He's an old. He's an old. He's an old woodchopper from from Bush Victoria. I think we've probably seen the last of Peter Siddle. Although that's what everyone said six fucking years ago. Bloke's still going. I'm not mad at it to be honest. He's obviously a ripping bloke. Um, he seem, he appears to do almost nothing with the ball, yet still take poles. The word you're looking for? Impressive. Okay? Very impressive. I'll come off my high horse about Jack Leach. It seems like he's actually a pretty funny bloke too. Him and Steve Smith are that banter with they both put the glasses on, mimicking each other. Look, Leachy, I don't think you're a good bowler, but you're probably a pretty good bloke. And that's the thing. You've, mate, you've got to be able to, you know, separate the two. There's some comedians, I don't like their act, but they're ripping blokes and vice versa. Do you know what? Steve Smith, he's probably not the best personality in the world. If you could if you could have a beer with anyone that's playing cricket for Australia at the moment, I mean, it'd probably be Nathan Lyon or Peter Siddle or maybe even Mitch Marsh. But who do you want walking across the boundary when we're two for none yet again? It's Steve Smith, okay? So there's nothing wrong with separating the two. But what, what a great series. I think absolute win for Test Cricket. We discovered what makes Test Cricket good again. It's, uh, you know, it's drama. It's having convicted killers on the field. It's having people get their heads blown off by extremely quick bowling. We've got to bring back more of that. All these dibbly-dobbly seamers, two slips, you know, let's bowl fourth stump and see what happens. Dude, I'm not paying to see that, okay? I will not be resubscribing to Foxtel if that's going to be the case. But to see some six-foot-eight West Indian who's probably not even an English citizen tearing off the sight screen dude i'm not mad at that i'm not mad at that one bit so everyone i hope you enjoyed the ashes because i think we're playing pakistan and new zealand this summer so boring new zealand might be okay pakistan i mean pakistan's worse because if they win it's like ugh, you just lost to pakistan that's so embarrassing you know these guys can't play a bouncer to save themselves but if you if you, sorry, if you lose to Pakistan, I should say, it's like, that's embarrassing. But then if you beat them, it's like, oh, who cares? They probably threw the game for some bookie in, in the fucking United Arab Emirates, you know? 
So it's going to be a hollow series against Pakistan, whatever. New Zealand, hopefully they turn up. I mean, they probably won't. But that's okay. I don't know. New Zealand will probably be a good series because I don't actually think we're that strong of a side. But uh, So we'll see how that goes. But that's the end of the Ashes wraps for 2019. Um, let... A lot of people have enjoyed the the recaps of the test matches. Uh, yeah, let let me know. We'll see how that goes over the summer because I don't know if it's going to be as interesting. You know, the Ashes was a pretty good series, so I don't know if the Pakistan series, the recaps will be as good, but I don't know. But anyway, I think that'll do me. That's a gentleman's 49 minutes, and uh, I, think, uh, I think what we should... Uh, yeah, a few stand-up clips on YouTube and... Uh, Whatever, you know, tell your friends about the pod. Tell your, tell your fucking friends about the, the Billy D machine. The, the train keeps on ticking. The, the, riff, the riff machine. Fuck, I should have ended this two minutes ago. All right, thanks for listening. Tell your fucking friends. Way too long, way too long. Yeah, and I can see the ground now. I'm way too gone, way too gone. Because these people got me fucked up. Yeah, they got me way too wrong, way too wrong. Now my mind's telling me, don't you wait too long, wait too long. Oh, I, oh, I, oh.